Hey guys, and welcome to The Drop-Off, a daily podcast between father and son about life, sports, and everything in between. Today is Wednesday, so we're debating whether to do What's Up Wednesday or Halls of Hyde Park Tuesday. So, what do you want to do? Well, first explain to the listeners what the idea is for What's Up with Wednesdays. So, the idea for What's Up Wednesdays are... What's Up with? What's Up with Wednesday? What's Up with question mark Wednesday and well that's confusing but we're not talking about Wednesday it's just on Wednesdays so we're talking about like things like that we question and we're gonna like talk about what's up with them if you listen to our last episode it was like what's up with oh that's Miss Shaw what's up with Miss Shaw running yes or like (laughs) what's up what's up with the halls of Hyde Park What's up Wednesday? Let's do what's up Wednesday's Halls of Hyde Park. Okay. okay, so right now in the Halls of Hyde Park, nothing much is happening. Same thing. All shoes. Midterms. How you think you did? If you failed them. And I'm running for the snacks. I'm running for the snack counter. Don't talk to me. All right, yeah, midterms times is upon us. This is the last week of the school year. This is, all right, Nathaniel, you're in sixth grade now, and this is your first ever kind of midterm week. Tell us how is it going, and what are your thoughts on midterms? Easy. They're so much easier than, um, what do you call them? Uh, um, star test or benchmarks. Mainly because they... It's it's exactly what she taught you during the thing. You get a study guide that's almost identical to the test. So you basically know everything already, which makes the midterms way easier than the benchmarks. And the teachers don't really, they care how you do, but they don't care as much as the star test because the star test affects how, like, if everyone in your class fails, you're probably going to get fired for the star test. But um, for the benchmark, it's just a normal test, and they made the test so they can make it hard or easy. So I think that definitely changes it. All right, so uh, it's Wednesday right now, which means you finished the first of your four midterms. So what midterm did you take yesterday? And as you look back, looking over the semester in that whatever class that was, what are some of your big takeaways from this first semester? Um, so I took English and world cultures. One of my takeaways was in- for English was all we did was read Walk Two Moons. We didn't do anything else. Everything was Walk Two Moons oriented. And for world cultures, we would do like a slideshow about a place and then move on. But somehow we only got through South America and North America. So we're going to have to like... um like skim the surface on all the other countries if we, or the continents if we want to finish them but um i'm really interested to i i really want to learn about like we never did like mexico we skimmed right over mexico and just did that area in like older times so i wanted to learn more about mexico but that's all all right and i know we talked a little bit about walk two moons on our what's on our what's on your kindle day maybe last week but for those who didn't listen or just to expand a little bit more upon it can you tell us what are some things that you liked really liked about walk two moons 
and what are some things that ways that you analyze the book while in class because to spend a whole semester on one book you've got to know that book really well by now yes um so we would go really slowly because we had to annotate it we would do like a chapter a day and then every four days we would have a test so we would get through like four chapters a week and then we'd have like comprehension questions so annotating is like writing like notes and like searching for figurative language in the book so we did that and it's it's like a sad happy book so like i i really liked it oh i see you're getting in touch with your emotional side you like the way that the book at times would make you feel happy and joyful but then there are other moments that make you feel sad and uh maybe the elements in the story were just really sad Especially, particularly, you know, the relationships that people would have with their parents or, or things like that. And so I, I, I really think that's one of the main benefits of reading. You're, reading you're, you're going into this imaginative world that in some ways is reflective of the real world, but is not the real world. And so you can really, I think, get a deeper appreciation and sense of your emotional life through reading, which I think is great. Uh, that's one thing I really hope for you, that you would be able to not only feel emotions, but that you'd be able to kind of understand your own emotions and be able to verbalize them, be able to express them, be able to respond to them in a healthy way, whether they're positive or negative emotions. Because let's be honest, all of us feel all sorts of emotions all day, every day. I have one question. Let's say you feel some sort of negative emotion. Let's say you feel like uh, I'm being unjust in some way or I'm being unfair. Maybe I'm treating your little sister Naomi in a way that's much better than how you think I'm treating you. How do you, how do you personally identify those emotions and respond to them? Um, I get really down. It depends on what it is with. Like, certain stuff wouldn't, like, get me as mad but like certain stuff would get me more mad so that is really it like let's say hypothetically speaking you look under the christmas tree you start counting gifts okay you say okay there's a couple gifts from mommy seems like a few gifts for daddy one two seven eight there's eight gifts for naomi and all wait there's only three gifts for me what naomi has five more gifts than me (laughs) tell me in, in that hypothetical situation what are you feeling, and what do you think is the best way to respond to those feelings? The best way to respond is, like, to wait and see what happens. But um, if, like, I would, like, if, like, my gift is, like, $1,000 and she ha- if I have, like, two $500 gifts and she has, like, eight $100 gifts, then I might be happy. But, like, it depends on if I really, really want the gifts. Okay, so your, your, your measurement of the love from your parents is how much money they're willing to spend on you. Is that what you're saying? See, I think the difference is Naomi doesn't think about money at all. She's just thinking about pure enjoyment level. I don't know when that flip switch for you, but it's not about how much things cost. You know, it, it's about the thought behind it. It's about how much we think you might enjoy it, what this gift communicates and expresses. And so my hope is that you would kind of get out of that uh, really just like numbers mentality and understand that like these gifts are picked for you for your enjoyment and your pleasure and to express how much mommy and daddy love you and that that is not something that can be quantified in dollars and cents. Yes, I agree. Or I hope I agree. But um um so what were we talking about? 
We're talking about how we respond to it. Oh, yeah. So, I don't really know. All right, another hypothetical, hypothetical situation. Your team wins a basketball game. Yay! But either you didn't play as well as you would have liked, or you didn't get an, as much playing time as you would have hoped for. You're feeling down about the game. Tell me, in that situation, how do you identify, how do you name your feelings, and how do you um, move on from them or at least resolve them in a way that you think is beneficial and positive? Well, it depends what game it is. If it's like I'm playing my best friend, then I would be sad that I couldn't like play against my friend. But if it's like against like a random team like St. Teresa's or St. Gabriel's, I wouldn't really be as mad because I don't really care about that team. Ooh, I, I really like that point that you're highlighting. What you're saying is we have strong emotional responses to things that we really care about, right? So pain or emotions are often expression of maybe internal pain, right? And sometimes that can be expressed in really powerful, strong, negative ways. And the important thing is, is to, I think, Maybe it's hard to do this in the heat of the moment, but be able to try to see what the underlying pain or the underlying feeling is behind the outburst of emotion, right? So you have that really bitter disappointment right after the game. And, you know, a lot of times it just takes, takes time. We need to cool down. Uh, the temperature of the situation needs to go down. But as you reflect upon it, I think actually that pain that you feel is actually an expression of even positive feelings in the sense of it's an expression of the closeness that you have with certain friends, a desire to interact with them, a, a desire to uh, continue to develop in that relationship. And so it's like, this only hurts me because I care so much, right? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, obviously, we can express those emotions in a negative way. But a really helpful thing I think you should do is looking back on those things. You name those feelings and you try to examine, wait, why did I respond so strongly? And what does that tell me? Is that Was it because of a good thing or a bad thing? And how, how might I be able to... Uh, use those negative emotions in order to more deeply either like interact with those friends or express how I feel towards them. And we are, you know, sorry for that uh, emotional psychology lesson, but it's important being in sixth grade as you continue to grow and develop that you get in touch with these emotions and that you learn to handle them in a positive way. And so Nathaniel, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of The Drop-Off. You're a great podcast host. Words of affirmation. Let's go. Have a great day. Good luck on your midterms.